0: Hi guys, today I've got another return appearance by the one, the only John Eldridge. So if you do not know who that is, he is a Christian author, counselor, and lecturer. He's also the New York Times bestselling author of a large number of books, workbooks, and group studies, and all kinds of different things. And guys, he has written the seminal men's ministry book. It is on our 100 books every modern Christian man should read list, and that is the book Wild at Heart. He's also written books like Beautiful Outlaw, Waking the Dead, Fathered by God, Get Your Life Back, and others. And also, he's been on this podcast several times, episode 141 and 192. If you want to check those out, but guys on this podcast, we're going to be talking about his new book that he brought or that he's brought to the world here. And it's called a year with men, a 12 month plan for your guys group. And so it's not as much of a book as it is a reference guide, but we get into a lot of detail about, okay, so you've already got a men's group. Well, now what do we do? That's a question that I get often, which is like, Hey Kyle, you know, I've got a group of men together. You know, we're starting our foxhole. We've gone through some of your devotionals. Well, now what? What? Well, we have a guide from the guy, from John Eldridge, from his organization, that's going to help you get through a year. I say get through, it's a positive thing. Go through a year with your men. Go through a year with the people that are already a part of your life. This isn't another thing trying to convince you to get a men's group. This is you've already got it. You've already started to try and figure it out. But here's a guide to kind of work through it. There's a bunch of different modules. We go into a lot of the questions there. But then at the end of the podcast interview, I want to make sure you stick around for that. We talk about what 2021 was like because here we are in January of 2022. Everyone's kind of reflective and looking back on last year. How can they improve this year? What's the world going to look like? We spent quite a bit of time talking about what was coming from 2021 the tidal wave that's kind of creating for twenty twenty two, things that he's worried about for this year, things he's excited about. Again, guys, every time he comes on here is a great conversation. This one is no different. So without further ado, let's get into it. John Eldridge, welcome back to Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Yeah, Kyle.
1: Good to see you again, pal.
0: I mean, I'm just going to say at this point, this is like number three or four. You've been on this podcast a lot. So here's the deal. Just throwing it out there. I think J.E. and K.T., I think this could be a thing. Like, I think we might have our own show brewing here at some point.
1: It's got some potential, doesn't it?
0: Okay, I'll have my people reach out to your people and we'll get on to it. But I will just say, since the last time we spoke the world is still as dumb as it was then, right? I seemingly every time I open up my phone or open up to the news or something like that, I just can't even fathom what's going on. I know you got some, uh, some things coming up later on this year that will help some men with that. But one of the things about it is a new book. And that's one of the main reasons why you're on here today. And it's this book here, a year with men, a 12 month plan for your guys group. So I want to kind of get into this book and we're going to spend most of our time in this book today, but I want to read the first words of the book because they're, you know, it sets a very impactful tone for what you're going to get from the rest of the book. So here it is. As men were meant to live in community, few of us ever do. It's not that we don't want to, it's just unclear how to go about it, that we've not seen many examples of men doing it well. That's why we've created this guide. A year with men provides a roadmap for focused time with a group of men over the course of a year. While there's flexibility, there's also a plan that lays out what to do, how to do it, when to schedule it, and why it matters. So let's just break that down just a little bit here, John. You say that we're supposed to live in community, but we don't. Why not?
1: Yeah, it's classic, right? The, the Friendless American Male was the classic book that came out on this. That, oh, man, we go back into history, industrial revolution, the whole way we work these days, cubicles, separation, and then COVID hit, right? And dudes are trying to get their job done at home. Now a lot of guys are back or in some kind of mixed thing, but a lot of guys have chosen not to go back. Mm-hmm. and they're just they're calling in and and it works cuz it gives family flexibility but the point is he is alone and alone is a very dangerous place to live and you and I it's ironic that the two of us are having this conversation because we are loners mm-hmm. by nature right, and right. yeah where i'm happy alone i i i can get my life done you know but many years ago Uh, through actually a very tragic accident, when I lost my best friend in a climbing accident, God said to me very clearly, I will not let you walk alone. And he knew. He knew that I'd I'd get taken out.
0: I think the thing that's very important for a lot of guys to mention, that's why you harp on it so much, that's why I harp on it so much, is most of the guys end up somewhere and they, they don't understand when they've ended up somewhere that they don't like how they got to that place. And a lot of times it's because they self-actualized. They, they made their own path. They went their own way. And I, and I guess this way, this kind of leads in the next question. If you believe in the, the caricatures of masculinity, right? Men don't like roadmaps. Uh, they don't like plans. They don't like directions, right? So, in a lot of the ways, uh, they will react, you know, actively reject those things. That's what a lot of men will do. And they think they're supposed to do that. So, why provide this? Like, why provide an actual roadmap when most guys are like, ah, I don't need that?
1: Well, this is funny. I, I thought very few guys would be interested in it, but I wrote it for the guys who are. Because there's a revolution going on. You're part of it. I'm part of it. And there's a there's a group of guys out there that are – there is a grassroots movement of men getting together. And before your podcast ever started, it was you and your guys, right? Right. Working out and, and doing book groups together. So what's really cool, Kyle, like the good news – this is the untold story. So, you know, CNN will never cover this. Mm. But there are – men getting together all over the place and it's grassroots it needs to be it's underground it needs to be but those guys want some direction okay now we're together we get the idea i want to travel with some guys for a while what do we do give me give me give me some guidance on that and it and it was for those guys that we wrote the book i actually we wrote the roadmap, right? It's not it's not like you're gonna read a book. It's right. it's a plan. It's it's a 12-month plan to walk with a, a small group of guys. I'm not trying to persuade guys to get in a group to get some mates and hang out. I, I'm not that's not my mission in this project. This project is for guys who already get it and they want it. They're like, okay, if I were to invite three other guys into my garage, you know, once a week, what would we do? how does it not get weird? When do you take breaks? You know, what, what's a good pace to all of that. That's, that's why we wrote this.
0: When I think that's an important distinction that this isn't just another men's book. Right. This isn't just another book targeted at men telling them, Hey, in a not so subtle way, you need to not suck so much. Uh, it really is a roadmap. Like I read through it like a book just to prepare for this, but if you're using it as you propose using it, which we'll get into more here in just a second, it's, it's not a book as much as it's a reference guide for where you're going. And if anything else, it's just keeping you on the path. So when you set your heading, it's kind of keeping you on that heading as a group. And and you're very open about the fact that this can be fairly flexible, but I'm getting ahead of myself here because there is a great quote from the beginning the book which was also written by a member of your team Morgan Snyder uh, in the book uh, becoming a king and this was in a year with men as well but this was the quote GK Chesterton suggested that every generation loses the gospel and every generation is charged with its recovery the ancient paths are lost to each generation of men and it's up to the to each new generation to rediscover these ancient paths i thought that that was a great thing for you to say early on in the book you know pulling from Morgan there because you're, you've said this a bunch, I've said this a bunch, we're not coming up with anything new. We're just packaging it in a way that's making it more digestible for you in your 2022 brain. So, so why do you think most men kind of struggle with, oh, you know, this is kind of old hat. I already get it. You know, what is it about it that makes it unique enough for a man to kind of dive into this type of content?
1: I think the men who want it have tried what the world has to offer and it doesn't work. When you're just sick of what the world has to offer, it doesn't bring joy, it doesn't bring strength, it sure doesn't bring resilience. I think when you realize, okay, <clears throat> I can't figure everything out on my own. There are There is wisdom. You take any of your movies that you love, guys, I mean, come on, Gladiator, 300, on and on it goes. It's always a, fel- it's always a fellowship of men, mm-hmm. right? Saving Private Ryan, Braveheart. We could just start going through it, right? That it, it is always, I love the, the movie Fury. Those guys in the tank. Right. Yeah. So how do you get that? How do you form it? And how do you keep it going? Most guys were never taught that. That was They didn't see their dad do it. No. They, 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 it wasn't modeled. And the whole thing is, oh, Gadzooks, like. What has been modeled for them, if they're in the church world, is something that doesn't look appealing at all. It's the, you know, once a month pancake breakfast or it's the forced accountability groups, you know. So they look at that and they go, I don't want that. But what if you could get together with a group of guys and say, look, let's let's covenant together. Let's let's stack hands for a year. You know, recognizing there's going to be some ins and outs, and you're going to ebb and flow, kind of thing. But let's commit to a year, and let's journey together through this plan, and show them the plan. Say, look, we're going to go through Wild at Heart, we're going to go through Becoming a King. You know, we'll get into this in a minute. But here's the cool part of this story. So this book didn't start. This map, this book didn't start as a plan. It actually started as a study guide for the HBO series Band of Brothers. So I love that story. I love, you know, Ambrose wrote the book. I devoured it first. And then HBO, Tom Hanks made the series about Easy Company and the 101st Airborne from Normandy to the end of the war. It is a compelling series. And my son and I were sitting around one day and he said, wouldn't it be cool if we could create a study guide for a group of guys to go through that? So we did. We did watch an episode, reflect on it, courage, bravery, guys who are such idiots, that guy's a poser. Why do you hate Sobel so much? You know, like, (laughs) okay. So we built that and then we looked at that and said, wait a second, what if we did this over a whole year? Like, what if we had modules like that that guys could go through over the course of the year? So let me give an overview, if I could. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the whole thing is, you know, the, the thing about the church model, get guys in a circle and in a base church basement once a week. It's just so unappealing. So one of the things we built into, you know, there's media, there's videos, there's film, but there's also adventure. And we recommend a healthy rhythm. We're like, hey, when you finish the first module, take a break, man. Give your guys a couple of weeks off. Like you don't have to sit there staring at each other's face the entire year. Right. And, and then there's recommended adventure in it. Like go axe throwing. And, and most communities have pretty cool options now of stuff dudes can do together to just go out and have fun. Blow stuff up. Get some motorbikes. Right. We, we, we even recommend, you know, we, we outline a couple of adventure trips in there. So that through the course of your year, you're going through some of the core material of Wild at Heart as a ministry. And you're using film and movie and you're having fun. And you're doing adventure and, and one of the key components anyway, so that's the big picture. And I know you yeah. want to unpack that. So we'll go module to module.
0: Well, the, the thing that's great about that is there are five modules in there. So for the type a person like me, that's like, Hey, we can't just like free flow through this thing. We got to like build one thing into the next and the next you do start with wild at heart is the first module. And then you get into, we all have a story where guys kind of get to reveal a little bit of themselves. And some people might think, well, why isn't that first? But if you think about it for two more seconds, you understand why that can't be first, because most men are not going to be comfortable with sharing the stories that early on. But then from we all have a story, you go to becoming a king, and then you get into Band of Brothers, which you just discussed, and then you get into Fathered by God. So this is all content that's kind of come from from your organization, from the things that you've done, and then you basically undergirded the stuff with Band of Brothers. So and guys, just just you're gonna have to go by this to get into all the different details. We're not gonna go line by line here so that you can actually go get it. It will be in the show notes. So make sure that you check that out. But kind of give us a an idea as to why you put them in the order you did, because it makes sense to do Wild at Heart first. It's the seminal Men's Ministry book. You've heard me tell you that to your face. But why go from Wild at Heart to telling the story of each man to becoming a king, band of brothers, fathered by God?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And first off, we're not expecting guys in the group to read a bunch of books through the year, because that's the other thing that kills. Some guys like to read. Most guys don't. Right. So it's all film it's all videos. So we, we built a brand new wild at heart experience, six part video series, really beautiful. You and I talked about it last year uh, on the show. And so if you start with that, one thing guys need is is they need permission that this isn't religious. This isn't like uptight. You don't have, you don't have to unzip if you don't want to. you, You get guys watching something together, so the focus is up on the screen for 20 minutes, and you you put some good material out there, and then you talk about it. That's where it starts, and it starts with a common language. What do we mean by heart? What do we mean by adventure? What do we mean by battle? Why are men wired as the warrior? You have to have some common language. verbiage and language and a kind of a common way of looking at things. So later in the year when the guy says, Hey, I am totally getting taken out by my battle Mm -hmm. or I do not know how to fight for my beauty. The whole group goes, Oh, we know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. We're on the same page. So we start out, let's get on the same page. Let's get a vision for this six weeks through the film series of wild at heart. And then we do transition to telling your story. Because this is where the gold is in every every good friendship. You know, you get together with your pals, whether it's over a pint or you're shooting some hoops, you ask them, hey, man, what's going on, mm-hmm. right? How you been? What's happening? Tell me the story. And you start telling each other stories. You're like, you will not believe what happened at work this week. I am so fried. Okay, there it is. The gold is in the stories. It really is. And if you want to know and understand a man, you want to know and understand yourself, you have to know his story. Right? Tell your tell your story. And you don't have to get into stuff you don't want to get into, mm-hmm. but but you know, guys, and and again, we give direction for it, we, we help you prepare to do that. What do you share? What don't you share? What's appropriate for a group, that kind of thing. This has been by far the coolest thing we have ever done in any of our groups. And I've done jillion of these groups is to hear one another's story.
0: I think the important thing about what we just uh, went through as well is that's the second part of the five modules, right? So again, being the type A person that I am, you're not waiting till the end to get the stories out there because you're giving, in that case, you're going to give the guys a lot of chances to go hide somewhere because right off of the back of the content from the Wild at Heart video series, which is absolutely gorgeous and amazing, you're getting right into the story part. So it's not like you're not you know holding them over over the fire but you're bringing their feet a little bit closer to it to where it's like hey you're in this baby like we're a couple months into this now we've got several more months and modules after this so this is a good time to kind of get into what we're doing but the talking is not the point and, yeah. and I, I love I love this quote from beginnings and I'm sure you know exactly where I'm going with this but this is from the very beginning part of the book it's in one of the earlier sections here's the quote male relationships do not work if the only shared mission is the relationship. Part of the Imago Day men uniquely carry is God's intervention. Men are made to act. If all you do is all you ever do is sit in a circle and talk about your relationship, that fellowship will be disintegrated by the slightest adversity. I say this all the time. In general, broad strokes, men connect shoulder to shoulder, women connect eyeball to eyeball. Men have to do the shoulder to shoulder to stuff before eyeball to eyeball even makes sense in our monkey brains. But that that is so important, John. That you're making them share their stories, but after they've accomplished something together, it, it was that kind of the idea going forward with what you wanted to do with this? Yeah, exactly. And again, let's, 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 why are we doing this group? Let's back
1: out to 30,000 feet. It's not to take in a bunch of content. Hmm. It, it's to have real brothers in your life. And that means you're in each other's foxhole. So that when the crap hits the fan, as it does through any, any year, right? You got each other's backs. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to know that a couple guys have your back? That's what we're after. So this isn't just, hey, here's a great content or here's a cool HBO series. It is great content. It is very cool. But this is about we got your back. We are in this foxhole together. How's work? How's your family? How can we fight for you? Well, you can't do that till you tell each other your story. Guy's got to have some sense who you are, where you came from, what your dreams are. And then you go, oh, now I know why Hal is always so angry. Or now I know why David's always just cracking everybody up. That makes sense to me now because I've heard his story.
0: And the thing about story is you're giving yourself the opportunity to speak into an area that you understand, an area that you have some, some experience in, whether that's hurt or even positive. Because there was something by the Father by God unit that it it may have been, I'm sure it wasn't just a throwaway line, but I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I just released an episode called How to Avoid Being a Crappy Man in 2022. It's kind of a series I do at the beginning of every year. It's stuff like, you know, don't be late. Don't let sports ruin your night. But one of the things it said, you know, uh, it was basically revel in the opportunity to look like an idiot, right? Like, you know, really take that opportunity in. And a quote from that section was, my friend had noticed my burnout headlight and had offered to help me replace it. I had declined. I dreaded the feeling of looking like an idiot in front of another man. I preferred looking like an idiot in private. And so you kind of threw yourself before the mercy of the court, you know, the court being the reader, being like, hey, I do these stupid man things as well. And so it could be a macro deal, but it's also these smaller things. But John, I guess, why do we do that? Like, why do we avoid the opportunity to give a man, to to let him loan his expertise to us to teach us something, whether it's a, a light bulb or something like how to father your child?
1: Okay. So the key masculine fear is I suck. That's the key masculine.
0: Can confirm.
1: (laughs) You can put that in a lot of different language. I'm weak. I'm stupid. I got nothing to offer. I can't come through, but basically it's, I don't have what it takes. I suck at life or I suck at work or I suck at marriage or I suck as a dad. That's the core fear. That's the core fear. And again, like, I love little boys. I love little boys. I love hanging out with them. I love playing with them because they're the pure thing right there. And I've got a little grandson. He's, he's a year and a half and we have this little plastic slide that he gets to, you know, get on. Well, he gets to the top of the slide and he just jumps off. <laughs> the, the little guy, the soul of the man is, I need to know that I'm powerful. Okay, that's really, really critical. No man likes feeling weak. And you know, thus Viagra and all that stuff, right? So the so therefore the deepest fear of a man is failure, exposure and failure, right? That you are the idiot, you are the weak link in the chain, you're the guy in the group that has a terrible marriage or isn't a good dad or has a can't even keep a job. And it's that fear. So because of that fear, we hide right? We fake it. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't open up. We don't want to talk about our need. We don't ask for help, right? Like that was a huge thing for me. I was the guy that would never ask directions. I was the guy that would never ask for help. I would, I would take my lawnmower apart just thinking I could fix it myself. (laughs) Right, (laughs) I didn't want to ask my neighbor for help, right? And, And it's that, it's that core fear. But man, I'll tell you what, here's the positive side of this. You get a little bit of taste of the other side of that. You know, some guy comes along and says, oh, it's your carburetor, man. I, I, I rebuilt mine last year. Let me help you with that. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Like your soul actually drinks it in. You get You get a little bit of that going in the group. You guys are off to the races.
0: Well, one of the best things that I've done in my life is allowed for that vulnerability because I'm not a very handy guy. I didn't grow up fixing a lot of things. I grew up playing a lot of sports, right? So if you have a sports related question or a fitness related question, I can help. But when it comes to like fixing this or adjusting that uh, I'm, I'm somewhat useless. Like I'm, I want to be the dumb guy that carries the heavy thing, right? I don't want to be the guy that can actually engineer it to make sure that it works. But the, the amount of, pleasure i've gotten from allowing other men to show me how how good they are at what they do and that's now a skill that i have to a certain degree that i can pass on to my year and a half year old son to my second son that you know we hope to be welcoming here in the next couple of months right and so i think that's a very important thing for for a lot of guys to consider is just go ahead and act like an idiot self-deprecate make fun of yourself but just move on cuz it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for them but one thing that you did throughout the book john that obviously you would expect with something like this that's kind of this a workbook type thing is you provide questions that go along with each session. So these questions, I'm sure, are, are meant to dig deeper into the content for that week and to, you know, elicit responses from men that require some consultation of their inner dialogue, if you will, or something like that. But here's the deal: you and I aren't in a men's group together, but I want to know your answers to some of these questions. Cause as I'm reading through, I'm like, dad I want to know what John Eldridge has to say. So from unit one, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw a few at you. So from unit one, that's the wild at heart unit. Session one, question four, it's this. Who is the man you feel you ought to be? When you think of a good man or a Christian man, what is he like? And do you want to be like this person? Why or why not?
1: It's so funny. Pardon my language, but the thing that actually just pops out of my soul is don't be a dick. Yeah, Well, I don't want to be that guy. Um, There's just so many Christian men that they lead with their theology. They lead with their morality. They, you know, they've got they got the good talk. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the real deal. And so for me, what does that look like? It looks like being true, not faking it. And it looks like being faithful, like faithful in friendship, faithful to my wife, faithful to my work. I want to be the guy that shows up. I want to be the guy that comes through.
0: What about you? Yeah, Mr. I would, t-
1: Mister Undaunted.
0: Hey, you know what? This isn't. The- Remember, I always have to remind you. I'm the one that asks the questions. All right, I'm on this side of the microphone. All right, but but since you're so nice and since you asked so politely, I'll, I'll kind of get into that. The the funny thing about that, John, is what I see as a good man and how that attaches to a Christian man changes constantly. You know, I just read in a in a book here recently, and I can't figure out what it was. Um, and I was thinking of it in terms of now that I have a son on on the way and a son that's here. I don't know that I ever want to say, Hey, James be good because that has cultural connotations. It has church connotations. And then it also has manly consult, uh, connotations because a lot of people would say in any and all aspects that violence is not a good. And yet if my son comes across someone who is small, that is being destroyed physically or a woman that's being defiled physically, the good thing is for him to destroy that man, to stop him from doing what he's doing. And so uh, that's something that I'm thinking about constantly because I'm trying to think through the lens of my 18-month son. When he looks up at me, what does he see dad doing? Because I want to be a good Christian model for him and I want him to end up wanting to be like a better version of daddy someday, but still himself. So that that's a, a kind of a deep philosophical yeah. uh, thing, but that's something that I personally wrestle with now because I've never been able to see myself through the lens of progeny, right? You know, I've been able to see myself through, tried to see myself through the lens of my wife or through the lens of some of my friends or training partners. But now it's like, all right, you've got the ultimate mirror right there. You know, he's, he's this tall and stupid, but eventually he won't be. And he's, hopefully he says things nice about you. You know what I mean? Do I feel, I feel like I'm a basket case just for saying all that out loud, but you know, there it is. That's kind of what's been going on in my brain about it.
1: Becoming a dad changes everything.
0: It certainly does. It's something that everybody says. And then, then it actually happens. So, uh, but I want to hop back into this next one here because I, I really wanted to get your, your feedback on this is from unit three. It's the becoming a King unit and it's session four, question five. What aspects of you as a man feel the most atrophied and in need of restoration, healing, and growth?
1: Um, <clears throat> friendship, friendship.
0: Does that kind of back, go back to your kind of, Need or desire to maybe accomplish things alone is that is that kind of the thing?
1: Not really that, but man, like okay. So if you knew my story, we Mm -hmm. were sitting in a group, and you know my story: best man in my wedding, killed; best friend in my first company that I started, killed; best friend, therapist, writer, co-author, killed; best friend that I had for forty years, vice president at Wild at Heart, died of cancer. I, I just have a track record of a lot of loss there. Yep. And so I am a very protected guy now. Like I, there's this part of me that goes, I don't, I don't know that I want to go through that again. And so I can feel the atrophy of, of the friendship muscles in me. I need it. I want it. Um, but it, I, it's not something that's that I'm getting a lot of exercise in. And I can feel that's my, that's my frontier. I can feel God saying you, you got to get back in. You can't shut that down. It doesn't work. Hmm. Well, I'm just going to shut it down for the rest of my life. Like that doesn't work. So I can feel that that's frontier for me. Those muscles, those muscles are weak.
0: So since you've experienced that atrophy and I'll answer it too, if you want me to, cause I know you're probably going to force me to do it anyway. Uh, but what are you doing? Cause you know, gym bros they see something atrophying on their body and they build it up right like they know the exercises and the workouts so i guess what are the exercises that you're in the process of doing or that you know that you need to do in order to strengthen that muscle again
1: don't fish alone
0: <clears throat> i love
1: okay. i love fly fishing and i can go by myself and have a ball but i feel the invitation to don't, don't go alone this time ask somebody to come with you like just simple stuff like that oh. you know even even if, Even at work, we've got a really tight team at work, but it's very easy to blow through a day without just dropping in somebody's office with a cup of coffee, clear 20 minutes and just say, Hey man, what's up? Right. Simple as that. Just what's up.
0: And there's no telling where that goes for a lot of guys. And I mean, it could literally go nowhere, but I doubt when you look back on your day and you do kind of your rundown as to the productivity that you had, you're not going to look at that 20 minutes and be like, Oh I could have wrote the next bestseller if I could just get that 20 minutes back. You know what I mean? But you know, for a lot of guys, we just ignore that. Right?
1: Yeah, totally. I'll
0: I'll hit you with one more of these questions and then we'll kind of move on to some other stuff. So this is from the last unit, unit five, fathered by God. And it's session five, question four. Do you long for a more intimate relationship with God or does that make you uncomfortable and why? And before you answer, John, I think even the framing of that question would make men uncomfortable. And it's the use of a single word, right? You know where I'm going with this, is intimate, right? Because we have all these issues that have been created by these homoerotic modern worship songs about the intimacy we're supposed to have with this Jesus fella, this bearded Danish guy with blue eyes that we're supposed to longingly look into. And then we hear the word intimate and it just, yeah, it just feels icky, right? And whenever you talk about intimacy with other guys that you're going to spend a year with, it feels even ickier still. So, I'm asking the question, right? Do you long for a more intimate relationship with God while throwing out there what a lot of guys are feeling? Doesn't the question just make you feel wrong, though?
1: Yeah, right. I get it. I get it. Until you taste it, until you experience it. It's just like brotherhood. Until you taste it and and you experience it and you go, oh, my gosh. like There's just places in your soul that no woman can fill. You need guys in your life. And when you taste that, you go, holy cow, man. Well, it's the same thing with God. There are places in your soul that only God can fill. And, and when you begin to taste it and experience it, you know, when you hear the Father say to you things like, way to go, Kyle. You really crushed that. I'm really proud of you. I mean, holy smokes, man, that, that just, it's food that you can't get anywhere else in your life. And so then you want more. And and you get into you get into a life with God. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm on fishing this week. I don't know why I'm on fishing this week, but um, <laughs> normally it's shut down in Colorado in the winter. Mm. Uh, you know, rivers freeze over, and it's it's cold. <laughs> it's cold out there, man. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, we had a really nice day. So Friday, it was a really nice day. And and God said to me, "Yep." God spoke. He said to me, "You really ought to go fishing." And I'm like, nah, I think I'll stay home, take a nap, you know. He's like, no, you really ought to go. And I went, and it was so life-giving. So, like, the, the adventure he has for you, the encouragement, the counsel, the guidance. Are you kidding me? Like, the more that I experience what God is really like, his wildness, It it, it there's nothing that can take its place. So do I want more of that? Yeah,
0: I do. I think that's a good reminder as well. Uh, and I'm assuming you went fishing alone, which shame on you. You're not supposed to be doing that according to yourself, but you know what, since God told you, we'll kind of let you off the hook, no pun intended with the fishing. But I, I think that's a great thing about a year with men is it's not just a 12 month plan. It's not just a thing for your guys group to do. It's not just, hey, you've done this. Now, what are you going to do for me next, John? Right? Hey, it's like a Netflix thing. You know, you binge season one. You're like, where's season two? It's like, well, it took them two years to make season one. Can you chill out for five seconds? But the good thing about this is there's no telling what year two, if guys take this seriously, there's no telling what 2023 looks like. There's no telling what type of content they're going to want to do, what type of adventures that they're going to want to get out and go do. But it's about almost just being obedient to the process. Right, You hear this in a lot in a sports context a lot. It's like, trust the process. You know, Hey, you're recovering from an injury. Just trust the process, baby. Don't get too far out ahead of yourself. Uh, don't lag behind. Stay right in the pocket. I think that's a really good thing that you've set up with this book. So bravo to you and your team, you and your son for putting this together. It is a great resource for men's groups, guys. Again, it will be in the show notes. But as we kind of work our way towards the end here, you are the type of person I just, from what I know of your personality, you like to pull out to 30,000 foot and uh, kind of see the what's going on on the ground fairly often, whether it's in your organization, as you're writing, or even just the world world in general. And where we sit now, we just closed the book on 2021. We're here in 2022. This is January. I want to kind of get your reflection on 2021 because 2022 or 2020 was everybody's like, oh, everything's falling apart year. And then 2021 was supposed to be better, but it, it felt bad just in a different way. But from your perspective, what do you think about 2021? And is there a story, maybe a news story or something that happened that you feel like is maybe a definable thing that happened from last year?
1: Well, I can give you the defining thing, but it wasn't in the news as much. <clears throat> so in the summer of 21, you could not get a rental car. Hmm. You could not get an Airbnb. Airports were packed. Restaurants were packed. I'm a backcountry guy. Kyle, was insane. I would go to these remote trailheads to hike in Colorado. You couldn't find parking. Wow, it was nuts, man. And then the rivers. I mean, it was a, it was a heartbreak. Like you wanted to get on the river and get some fishing. It, it was combat fishing. It was dude <laughs> in every hole. It was crazy. <clears throat> so here's here's what that picture is. That is binging. And what the binging is classic trauma behavior. World came out in 2020, pissed off, upset, traumatized, fried, stressed out, and then and then they rushed out to get something to feel better. Right? Right. Okay, so that's the snapshot of 2021. It was this global rush to binge and feel better. Dude, a friend of mine <clears throat> went into a Lamborghini dealership. And there wasn't a single car on the floor. Now, he goes to a coffee shop next door to it. So he gets his coffee. He goes in the dealership just to look around. Look at cool $300,000 cars, right? Right. And he's like, hey, I'm so sorry you guys are closing. And the the salesman laughed at him and said, we're not closing, man. He says, we can't keep a car on the floor in here. Okay, so it's that binging. It's that huge. Right, okay. So the problem is that won't work. And what do I think is coming? In 2022, if people don't deal with their stuff, depression. I don't know a single therapist right now that has an opening, Hmm. and this is making the news. Okay, so this is a new snapshot. Uh, Clinics, psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, therapists—nobody has an opening. Everybody has a backlist because humanity is not well, and all that binging stuff isn't going to work. So if we don't deal, with our well-being, 22, I think is going to be depression.
0: Well, I think it's it's a God-shaped hole in these people that a Lamborghini can't fix. Now, that's my dream car. I'd love to have one, but there's only so many times you can drive that before the feeling has to wear off. Because whether you're buying yourself a new pin that you like riding with or you're buying yourself a new sports car... It, there, there is an end date to when that's going to feel exciting. Right. And that's just the dopaminergic system inside the brain to where it's like the dopamine hit just wasn't nearly as intense as it was. And again, you know, we're moving into midterms in 2022, which I feel like everything's surrounded around. We've even seen the the COVID narrative shifting in the last month or two. The gaslighting has started. Oh, no, no, no. For the last two years, we haven't been telling you that this was this way and this was that way. So that has me worried in 2022 as well. But I want to kind of ask you a two-part question and you could just kind of keep flowing off of what you just said, but I want to know what has you worried in 2022 and then what has you excited? Right, because I have a tendency to focus on the negative. So we're going to end on a positive note. So outside of some of the depression, you feel like that's going to come on the heels of the binge we saw in 2021. What has you worried in 2022, and what gets you excited?
1: Well, <clears throat> the global clampdown. I mean, the governments of this world are becoming increasingly oppressive. Yeah, and and that that is something to be concerned about. It really is. You know, when you have forced vaccinations, when you have internment camps in Australia for people who are COVID positive, that's just nuts. That kind of stuff is nuts. But it's happening around the world. There is an increasing reach for control by governing authorities. That has me concerned. Uh, What has me positive, honestly, it it was the trend we were talking about at the beginning. It's the men's movement. It's the big story that's the untold story. And I want it to stay untold, man. I don't want this to get on Anderson Cooper or any of that stuff. It's this. It's the dudes listening to your, to your podcasts. It's the guys reading my books. It's all this stuff going on grassroots, man. It is killer. Guys are becoming strong. They're becoming really good dads. They're getting involved. I see it. I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: So one thing that, that kind of comes off the heels of that is I feel like 2022 could be the year of the red pill. And so the, the red pill is obviously the movie. It's, it's a reference back to the Matrix where it's like, take the blue pill, or the red pill. Everything changes if you take the red pill. When you see perhaps the most important name in journalism being Joe Rogan, right? A, a comedian and a fight commentator. But this is a guy that's on a truth quest. And he will talk to anybody to get at truth. You have guys like Jordan Peterson that's, he's kind of coming out of the fog of his sickness and his wife's sickness. And he's going on tour for like nine months this year to talk about Beyond Order and some of his books and some of these larger issues. This is a man that's on a truth quest, right? And people always want to kind of hitch their wagon. But I feel like that could be one of the defining things about 2022 is kind of what you're saying. It's these guys seeking out truth in these small cohorts and it's not making the local news that these major media figures that are like, okay, okay, okay. I've been marinated in this narrative. I'm supposed to believe for the last two years. And then I thought for myself for five minutes and everything seemed to change. Am I maybe being a little bit too optimistic about what could possibly happen? Or is the, is the tidal wave coming?
1: No, I I think the narrative is breaking down. I really do. And And how quickly it will break down is hard to tell. But yes, um, people, some people are waking up.
0: Well, I'm I'm certainly excited about that and that's why you're here and that's why I'm here is to kind of help guys on that journey but I want to go ahead and kind of wrap up with this question because I talked about it earlier and I kind of have my own way of communicating that's good in some places and bad in others but you're the wisdom-filled guy, right? You're the sage in this moment. So I told you about my how to avoid being a crappy man in 2022, right? So again, like we've got, you know, don't be late and seek seek wisdom over knowledge, get some sleep, you know, relish in the opportunity to look like an idiot but if John Eldridge were to speak directly to my audience, if that were possible, because you're doing it right now. What would be some of the things that you would tell my listeners about how they could avoid being a crappy man in 2022?
1: You've got to get margin in your life. If you're fried and you're burned out, you're no good to anybody and and you will blow up. Okay. It's the hardest thing to fight for. You've got to get some breathing room in your life. You have to do things that bring you joy. What brings you joy? Because if your heart is full then you have something to offer the people that you love. Okay? So margin and joy. <clears throat> and I would say in this hour on the earth, don't don't dink around with your spiritual life. Don't don't toy around with that. You you have got to get serious about knowing God, walking with God, learning how to be a warrior in prayer for the people that you love it's, it's just not a time to be flabby spiritually to be soft or or atrophied mm-hmm. spiritually you don't you, those three things alone change your
0: life i think that's absolutely true and, and one thing that i put on my list is read the bible for yourself because one of the things that i didn't answer earlier i asked you the question one thing that's atrophied for me was getting. Letting God speak through the scripture to me as opposed to him speaking through the pastor that's in my earbuds or right in front of me at church or something like that. I was letting them be the professional Christian and tell me what I should be knowing, right? And so it's so funny because I'm the first guy to be like, I don't know if I can trust that news guy with his fancy haircut and his nice tie, right? I want to question the things that he's saying. But then my pastor would say something or some other random pastor on YouTube would say, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I should probably just change my entire paradigm to fit that one thing that I didn't, you know, read for myself. And so that, that's one of the easiest ways for guys to really come around and figure out what's going on in their spiritual life is spend time in the word, spend time in prayer and spend time in those awkward moments of silence where all they want to do is click next on the next podcast or go to the next song or to the next episode or something like that. But that, that's really a good way for guys to kind of coalesce around this idea of, look, God's there. He's wanting to communicate with you, but you're you're boxing them out you're not allowing him into your ears. You're getting all this other stuff, all this other content, but you know, that that's kind of the thing. So it's always a good reminder to get that from a guy like you. But man, we've talked so much uh, on this podcast already. It's been a great uh, in the latest of our episodes, you know, the JE and KT show, which again, we'll work on that for the future. But that is all for me for now. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest?
1: No, man. It's good to see you again. I hope you have a great year and congratulations on your little boy.
0: I'm very excited and scared at the same time. I'm not going to lie, but thank you very much for that. But John Elders, thank you for coming back on Undaunted Life of Man's podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks, Kyle.
0: There you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed my third interview with John Elders. We're so glad that you were here for it. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness. And specifically, we do that with content like this podcast that helps you forge spiritual, mental and physical resilience. So I've got one link for you today because I don't want you to get all distracted. It is linked to the Wild at Heart website where you can check out everything that you need to know about a year with men. Thank you guys very much for listening to this. We do appreciate it wherever you're listening. Please subscribe, rate and leave us a five star positive review. If you want to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook, and you can check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And also, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is their song, Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album, Leveler. The links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah